Good morning. Today's class is Lunishmat. Also, today, this whole month is sponsored by Yikutel Yehuda Ben Mordechai for Shiduch and Parnasa, etc. Okay, today's class. Please share and rate the podcast. Uh, we are going to have August 22nd and 23rd. We're going to be in Deal, New Jersey for two events, one single event and one event for everybody. So it's August 22nd and 23rd. Possibly planning something also in September in the city. Um, possibly. So we're working on that. Okay. Today's class, we're going to talk about how to... The, the book we're talking about today is the Aleph Bed. I also want to thank everybody who ever sponsored for the Midnight Kolo. Um, I think we've raised almost close to $20,000, which is amazing. And again, you, you're, we are producing light. <laughs> Anytime you invest in, in Hatzot, you're, you're, you're generating light. You're, you're pretty much putting light into the world. We're, tra- we're, connected to the, we're connecting to the greatest light that comes after darkness. That means the darkest part of the night... Hatzot, which is midnight, the, uh, the halachic midnight, which is roughly 2, 3 o'clock in the morning today, turns the darkest hour into the greatest light in a blink of an eye. You can, go, you can go from like the darkest to the biggest light. So anytime we learn at Hatzot, anytime we wake up at Hatzot, anytime we're connected to this, we can get a lot of clarity very fast. So this energy at, at this hour, and anybody you're supporting this, and it's out. It's just, it's just there's a there's no no price for the for the yeshuot. And how do we we know this many times by, you know, in, in, in Pesach we were talking about how all the miracles happen at midnight, right? You know, Jews got out of Egypt at midnight. Everything happened at midnight. It started at midnight. So at midnight there's a major light, the major yeshua. So we're going to talk about today. How to sweeten judgment. So ju- judgment, obviously, this month, Tammuz has judgment, right? Because God's name is backwards. So anytime there's extra judgment, there's less flow, we have to do more to try to sweeten the judgment, like we said before. So what, what, Rabbi Nachman has practical advice on how to sweeten, how to sweeten the day, how to sweeten, make, make, make life a little lighter and not so heavy, Etc. Rachman says the afflictions dispatched against the person are made to take an oath that they will begin at a certain date and end on a certain date and a certain time, etc. Nevertheless, repentance, prayer, and charity can nullify an oath. So, for example, let's say there is a there is a judgment on a person. Now, judgments come from where do judgments come from? They come from the concept, there's a concept in, in, in Kabbalah called Menatzbach, which means fallen giverot. Anytime that I give energy to something that's not connected to the Hashem's name of mercy, I, connect, I, 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 I can, God forbid, have a judgment on people or be f- afraid of people or afraid of situations, I can fall into that jurisdiction. So what happens is, is now you need, you need to be saved. So through ch- by charity, prayer, and, and, and repentance, a person can sweeten the judgment. Can sweeten the judgment. Right? The greatest example of this is the word tzedek is judgment. 
if you add the hey, it's tzedakah. So it's, it's the greatest thing you could do in life is just add the hey to tzedek. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty much, you add the hey, you sweeten the judgment. So if you have the ability, we, have, we underestimate. Rabbi Nachman says when a person needs a lot of compassion, they send him a lot of people to give help. Because he needs, he needs, he needs the compassion. Because what happens is, is anger and, and being upset and being fearful is, a, is an absence of consciousness at the end of the day. Because if we know God's running the whole world and you know he's dictating everything and everything's in his, his hands and all we have to do is make, a, make an effort. But once we, once we start to, to, to do more than we think we take control and get angry, then we really, we've lost our, our consciousness. So we fought, we've fallen into anger and into, into anxieties. So therefore we need... <laughs> We need, the, uh, we need the reboot. Charity helps you reboot. That's why the, or say, or say, just say charity saves you from death. Also, when the mind is completely shut, we need this. So these are three things. Pe- repentance, power, and charity have the power to nullify an oath. Despair. That is to say, for example, when a person turns to despair, he opens up an invitation for bad fortune to come to him. Any form of depression, God forbid, not clinical, but any form of emotional where you've given up. Remember, giving up is surrendering without wisdom. (laughs) Giving up is surrendering without wisdom. So any form of despair. We've already said this a thousand times, that every day has a night before it. That's the bottom line. Every day has a night before it. So the night represents the test in your life. And that's where you have to go into faith. And if you go into faith, you will see the light. If you don't have faith, then you blame the darkness. It's, that's it. You, you look at the day, the day is only created because the night happened before. So we have to go through nights in order to enjoy the day. And if we get stuck in the, in the, in the darkness, God forbid we, we, we accumulate too much weight or we... we fall to despair, this opens up bad fortune because it doesn't allow you to see the day. There's no opening for the new day. So it's extremely important. It's not how you handle the... the, the you, getting a good day is a result of you handling the nights well. You have to focus on how to handle the nights well. And our sages told us already, Emunah, close your eyes. Go into faith. Go into bittal. Nobody's telling you to control. Nobody's telling you to get certainty. We are not in a world of certainty. We're in a world of, we have to completely know how to let go in this situation. And this, this involves every single aspect of our life. Now, why does this happen? Very simple. You can never handle, we don't have the, the vessels to contain heavy, a big spiritual light in life. So God has to prepare you for these vessels. And the way He prepares you is through faith. For example, a person to go through, after a person has gone through something in his life and he's become much stronger, he was not prepared for that challenge before. He was not prepared. He, he couldn't handle it. There was too much light. That new mindset had too much light for that specific person. So that person had to go through this process of, of going into surrender and going into letting go, going into Muna, in order for him to now have this new mindset. My mindset today is made from a lot of pain. The mindset I have today, which is 
thank God, is, is a winning mindset in, in a lot of areas of my life where I know I have practical strategy, I know what to do, but that, that was, <laughs> that came, I, didn't, I wasn't ready for this mindset. You, you almost have to be developed. So how you handle the pain and how you handle the situation in life, it, 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 you get a new mindset out of it. And this is uh, back, back to Viktor Frankl's concept of when you find meaning, suffering, suffering goes away. So the whole point is meaning is you're still in the same situation, but the difference is, is your perspective about the situation is completely different. It doesn't mean the situation went away, but now you're no longer bothered by that situation. You, you, have, a, you have a much different meaning to it, which is, which is great at the end of the day. A person who suffers an affliction should give charity. This charity would be like a fee paid to a judge for his services. If accepted, it invalidates the judge's verdict. So charity also has the power to do, this is one thing, you go to Uman, they're constantly giving charity before Rosh Hashanah. Anytime there's judgment, anytime, right away, charity, sweetening, because charity invokes kindness, right? And the, the judgment is coming from Din. It's coming from, from judgment. Whoever goes 40 days without suffering has already been given his share in the world to come. So it's, if, you, if, gone, if you've had 40 days straight where you've had no suffering, your time's up. So enjoy the little suffering that you do have because I don't remember going four days without suffering. But if you hit 40 days without... Now, what is suffering? Question is suffering could be, we want to sweep. We want very minute suffering, suffering that we can handle. It could be walking outside in Florida in 90 degree weather, that is suffering. It could be instead of, you know, forgetting your car keys at home. It could be, you know, Gamar says if you had, you know, four coins in your pocket and you only got three out, that could be it. So that's the mind, the little things, if those are little suffering, you should be grateful that's why it's extremely important when little things happen to you, be grateful because that could have been the decree for the day. So let's say you had something happen to you and that was it. Thank you. You shouldn't, be, you shouldn't want big things. Little things are good because that means that the suffering came to a little thing. Extremely important. Somebody yells at you in the street and you were supposed to have a, a bigger issue in life and you got yelled at by somebody. Thank the guy, send him a letter and give him a kiss. If that should be the suffering for the day. So this is why we always say the word, it's an atonement, kapara, it's an atonement. Something breaks on the floor, it's an atonement. Because we're, we realize that it could be a lot worse. Ramachan tells us that when people ask you, how sh- how's your day, you should always say good. Because if you say this is good, you'll see what good is. But if you say your day is bad, you're almost opening up by saying, you want, you want to see what really bad looks like? This is bad. It's extremely important to understand how heaven works. Because remember, we are not free of sin. And when you do something wrong, there has to be a, a form of cleansing. All it is is a cleansing. It's a cleansing ultimately for your benefit because the cleansings at the end of the day allow blessings to stay with you. So if you want water and you have a dirty cup, you have to be cleansed. Heaven has to cleanse you. Otherwise, you'll never be able to taste the water. And you'll never get the water until you are cleansed. And so how we handle cleansing... I think today is enough to be married. You'll get cleansed from your spouse or your wife. But that's enough of a cleaning right there. I don't even think you need to go out. We have to go anywhere else out but in our own households. There's enough of a cleansing there. But we should all hope that we should all help us, that we should see the big picture. 
Rabbi Nachman says the three things bring a person sins. A shaky wall, expectation and prayer, and bringing judgment to somebody else. Okay, we've said that before. Those are the three things that you can never do. Don't put yourself in a dangerous situation. Danger, dangerous situation could be taking drugs. So when people say, people take drugs, I've seen people drop on the floor six feet under many times. So when you're taking drugs, things could be laced with fentanyl, things could be taken. Don't think, oh, I just took drugs, it's okay, I'm sober now. You, you use credits. You know, you have certain credits in life, you can't use them on stupidity. Because eventually when you do need the right one, it's not there anymore because you used it on stupidity. So it's extremely important when you go put yourself in dangerous situations, you, this goes against future debt. You shouldn't just take it, take it all for granted. There are four things that abolish a decree. Giving charity, crying out to God, changing one's name, and improving one's con- conduct. The good thing about the, the concept of tshuva is, 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 is great. And tshuva is, again, we spoke about tshuva all tshuva is, is recalibrating your consciousness. Like what Dov Tinson says. It's just changing the way you look at things. That's tshuva. When a person has a judgment on him, he has a judgment on that specific person. But if you decide to change garments, right? Let's say you're having a bad day and you're not dressed the way you want to be dressed. You can go home, change your dress, walk out of the house like a completely different person, Right? What happens? That judgment is on the old person. It's not on the new person. So this is why we should always reinvent ourselves and create everything brand new. Because so, when you do that, the judgment's on the old person. It's not on the new person. You know, when they were chasing the O.J. Simpson white bronco, the judgment was on the white bronco. If he would have went to a yellow Ferrari, nobody would have noticed him. So we are the white bronco. The, hers, the, the ego is running after you. But you can change cars and nobody will notice you. That is the power of doing tshuva. It comes from the concept of keter. And, that is a, and that's really a decision. I made a mistake. I'm sorry, God, I'm embarrassed. I'm ready to go into the yellow Ferrari. I don't want to be in the white Bronco anymore. So it's, 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 it's usually our stubbornness that doesn't allow us to, to change. Change is available, but we are very stubborn. Because the, we, we, we start believing that this is going to be like this forever. And this is, nothing's going to happen. And this is, God forbid, the, the, the fight that Rabbi Nachman brought into the world is to fight the fight against hopelessness and despair. Because it doesn't, doesn't really exist. It doesn't exist because anything in life, there has to be a, a fall in order for a rise. So whether or not you're falling in any area of your life, that, it's, just a part of, it's just the way life works. It's not possible for you to go up. You have to fall in order to go up again, to go to higher levels. It's the way God created the world. Again, just like the night, there's a day. So any attempt to be upset that you're falling, it's really, it's, it's a rookie's game already. You have to recognize, okay, here's, you know, here's the wave. We have a wave of, of drought in business. We have a drought in Shalom Bayit. It's just, there's just it's, all life is is one big beach with a bunch of waves. And when the wave is on your side, run with it. And when the wave is crashing in your face, hang on to it. That's, it. that's pretty much, the, that's pretty much like what Rabbi Nachman said in Lesson 6. It's you're navigating the Aleph in your life. The wave is up, you're running, 
it represents the higher the 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 yud the aleph itself is made of two of three three made up of two yuds, upper yud, lower yud, and a vav, which represents God's name twenty six. So when you look at the aleph, you're either in the upper aleph or you're in the lower aleph. The lower aleph, you're hanging on to the wave. Upper olive, you're running, you're doing as much as you can. And then the, the vav is the sliding. <laughs> Slide up or down. And that's it. It's, 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 when you do that, you depersonalize, you don't make things worse than it is. And one of the things that, if you notice, Rabbi Nathan tells us, that the reason why the slaves, not the slaves, the, um, the spies, the mistake they, ma- they made, it's because, as you could see that the concept was with grapes. It's because they overestimated a malik and underestimated God. What does that mean practically? When we overestimate our problems and underestimate God, the ability that God could save you, you fall into the grape. You fall into being drunk. You fall into the grapes. You fall into, to, you're, you're, you're exiting your problem. Why in the world would you exit your problem in life? Why would I avoid pain? It's because I'm overestimating the problem and underestimating the solution. Instead of saying God can do anything, this blink of an eye, my life, can, things can change. I'd be, then I overestimate God's greatness and underestimate my problems. But... That switch is, is the panic and the hysteria is the opposite. We overestimate the problem, we underestimate the solution. God is greater than your problems at the end of the day. And that's the problem that Amalek did and Amalek attacked the spies because they made them focusing on, focus on the wrong thing. Instead of focusing on the land, they made them focusing on, focusing on their, their, their egos and their political agendas, etc., that's extremely important to do that. When one feels pain in his eyes or his intestines, it's a sign that harsh judgments have settled upon him. Okay, both of these things represent uh, areas in your, in, your, in your body that, that affects you. A person should tell, this is a great line, by the way. I've seen, this, I've seen this many times. When you're going through something, you should tell somebody what you're going through. And you should, you know why? This is unbelievable. Rav Silverman said this, my rabbi. He says, because the, the problem was decreed for this person. It was not decreed for that person. So what happens? Because now you told him about the problem, now it became also his problem. But it was not decreed for the, him. So what happens is it will go away because it was not decreed for him. So the bottom line is by, by telling people your woes, they'll pray for you. And you could be saved because the judgment wasn't declared for two people. It was only declared for one person. So you should always tell people because number one, they'll pray for you. And second, you, light, you lighten the load and now the load is not meant to be for two people. That person doesn't deserve any problems that day. But because they don't want, heaven doesn't want to bother him. See, before heaven makes a judgment on a person, it takes all accounts into a hand. The kids, the wife, the mother, etc. So sometimes a person could be saved in the house because of one person shouldn't suffer because of that situation. So there's a lot going on before judgments happen in life. And 
it's extremely important that you're going through something, don't hold it in, don't get drunk, don't get, don't get high, talk about it. Talk to somebody else. Number one, it'll change your perspective. Number two, it'll give them a chance to help you by looking at a different perspective. But holding it in and being angry and upset and being passive resentment and, you know, that's, that's not gonna do anything for anybody. It's just building up and building up and building up passive aggressiveness. Talk about it, be vulnerable, and you'll see just by talking about it itself, that itself is a relief. Because remember, every, every situation in life, the, every distress has a relief. Every single distress, there is relief in it. That's the way God packages. He creates the, the medicine already in the problem. He creates a solution in the situation itself. When a person makes a vow and does not carry it out, this, is, this also brings problems to a person's life. So think about if you made a promise, you didn't vow it, it brings problems in life. And the, one of the ways to do it, obviously, is, to, is, is to either to remain silent or another way is obviously to, to fix it. <laughs> but it's extremely important. Your, word has, your word, power, words have power to create. So when I say I'm going to do something, I have to follow it through. Because what happens is God, God's giving you a spark. Let's say God's giving, let's say a certain organization needs 20 grand. And then God will put two people to do business together. And their profit would be 200,000. And that 10% would be the 20 grand. And God uses these two people as a way to get the 20 grand to this organization. And let's say one of them decides to be a thief and, doesn't, and the deal doesn't happen. They lose, the organization loses, etc. So this is why it's extremely important you have to be honest in business, not just because, it's not just about you. It's about you were given a specific opportunity to carry out that specific mission for that organization. And if you don't do it, you're not going to get the chance again. So if you're not a trustworthy person, if you're not an honest person, if you're, if you're dishonest, if, you're, if, if you have, you're hoarding, controlling money, they'll just take away your opportunity and give it to somebody else. So recognize everything is an opportunity for you to elevate a spark. Just like a, a, you're giving a piece of food, you're here to elevate the spark of the food. Everything you're giving, we are spark seekers. We're here in this world to elevate sparks. In business, there's a lot of sparks to be lifted. Marriage is sparks. It's all about sparks because we're in this world here to repair the 288 sparks, 288, I believe, from the shattering of the vessels. And you're, all you're doing here is elevating sparks. For example, you see Jews in Cuba, they leave. Spain, they leave. There's no more sparks. Egypt, there's no more sparks. You can see that Jews are constantly traveling areas, creating communities. See ya, spark is gone. Same thing, you're in a specific house for a certain amount of time. Certain neighborhood, certain people. Gone. Spark has gone there. You have a new, new challenge in a new, new community. It's not about better communities. You're, dr you're driven to different areas of your life to gather sparks. And all we are is, is spark gatherers. You're here to elevate. That's, that's part of the tikkun process. So this is an area where you have to recognize it's not, you can't avoid your mission. You can't avoid, you're giving an opportunity to make money, do it, give charity, 
elevate the spark. Otherwise, you don't elevate the spark. Immersing in the mikvah also has the ability to relieve suffering and bring salvation. So immersing in the mikvah, what the mikvah does is, it, 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 the, the concept of the mikvah is the name of God's name, Ma, which is surrender. So the mikvah itself is, is renewal, renewal, renewal. You're constantly renewed in the mikvah. So the mikvah is a tremendous way to give you free dot. When a person goes into the mikvah, he comes out of there with consciousness. Just like you go to an ice bath, you get adrenaline and you get, you know, you get the endorphins. You go to a mikvah, you get free consciousness. Because what's causing you to lose your consciousness is, is you have a, a ruach, which is a negative ruach. So when you go into a mikvah, you go into a body of water, you're, you're basically, air cannot survive in water. It can't survive in water. So it's gone. So a mikvah has the power of renewal. A bad mood is a bad spirit, is a bad ruach, is a bad energy. So mikvah has the power to kill the energy, kill negative energy. So I would, I, you know, you should, mikvahs in Florida and New York, they should have lines out waiting for them. <laughs> but obviously you could see there's very few people there. Breslov, this is a very big thing in, in Breslov circles to constantly go to the mikvah. Because every time Reb Nachman had a problem, he would go into the mikvah before the problem. Because the mikvah itself will, will, is tikva, hope. You have mikvah, you have tikva. Same, same words. Accepting suffering with love is like bringing a sacrifice. So when I accept suffering and love, think about, think about the, your gravity to complain. Think about how easy it is to complain. Right? That's nature. Right? Imagine going to a Passover program and nobody complaining. That, that would be a sacrifice. So you're, you, we're drawn to complaining. So nature, you have, this, you have a DNA of Adam Arishan who is ungrateful. It's in your DNA. So 90% of the time, you see something, you're going to end up complaining. It's, it's in the, your DNA. It's in your DNA. So when you accept something with love without complaining, this itself is like bringing a sacrifice. It's like bringing, you're going against your nature. So anytime you're going against your nature by saying this is love, not complaining, this is the ability to bring, it's, it, it, it's, 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 you're, you're accepting it with love. This has the ultimate sacrifice. And sacrifice, when you're sacrificed like this, it's the greatest cleanser. So think about it anyway. At the end of the day, you're in the situation anyway. That's the whole point. I'm, I'm always telling myself. Either way, you are in the situation anyway. You might as well make the best of it. Making it worse and resisting and being bothered by a situation, you're not getting this and you're just causing more. So you're already in it anyway. So if you're thinking about it, you might as well make the best of what you have. And I've done that and it's helped tremendously. It's the, changing, the change in attitude in a situation that doesn't look your way, but the evil inclination wants you to what? Complain, resist, be upset, complain. You have to do exactly the opposite of what the ego does and go straight into love. Love. Why? Again, we are interrupting the pattern like we said yesterday. A person who's suffering in general should look, at the, should look and gaze at heavens. 
Looking at, looking in heavens also has the ability to bring you dot because the heavens is blue and represents the Tehelet and represents the concept of, of dot, a new mindset. So maybe Andrew Huberman will start having a podcast and looking at the heavens will give you all kinds of a God chromosome or something. But if we only had the time to bring the science of all of this, we could, we could do it. But all of these things do have a spiritual effect. Simple things like this. Looking at the heavens gives you that. Because you're more inspired when you're looking at, 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 at the heavens. So you should, only, you should always pray with windows. If you're very sensitive to energy, you'll see the difference between praying when there's windows and then praying when there's no windows. Because the windows allow you to bring this, this dot. Trusting in God mitigates judgments and gives you loving kindness. So the reward for trusting in God gives you, sweetens the judgments and draws down loving kindness. As it says, a person who trusts in God, he will be surrounded with mercy, where the opposite is. If I lose trust, I, I live in fear, and I'm subject to the person I'm now fearing. When a person has no faith, God removes his loving kindness from him. Think about how many people don't have that loving kindness. They don't feel the loving kindness, right? And they're blaming God for it. What's the problem? Lack of faith. You're living in a world of nature. There is no loving kindness in the world of nature. <laughs> There's just odds. You gotta be the best of what you can be. It's a scary world. So faith allows you to have loving kindness. Because remember, the whole purpose of God's existence in this world, what are you here for? You're here to reveal God's machot. You're here to bring God, godliness into this world. That's what you're here for. That's the main mission, is to have faith. You should major in faith and minor in everything else. But today we minor, we, we look at, we, we, take, we take a little tradition, we do it once in a, once a week, and this is my faith, this is my, you're living in a world of Teva. And again, what the world is, it is what the world is. But you want that loving kindness. We always want that loving kindness. And you do that by having faith. That's why Rabbi Nachman says, pray for faith. Rabbi Rush's whole books, they don't talk about, they're not talking about science, they're not talking about economics, they're not talking about, they're talking about faith. Building your faith, talking about faith, reading about faith, hearing stories about faith, saying faith, all of these things will eventually become part of you. And then the love and kindness comes. Saying thank you for my problems is faith. When you do that, salvations come. See how it works? The work, it works because you're now constantly, constantly displaying. And this is exactly what the spies also erred with. What did they want? They, they wanted to send a messenger to see the land. I want to see it to believe it. Because they did that, this is why the Pasuk says, how long will they not believe me? Why are you still questioning, why are you still questioning me after all the miracles I've done for you? Why are you still questioning me? How long? That was the Pasuk. That said, how long will they not believe in me? And that's where they erred. They erred because they wanted intellect. I want to see it to believe it. 
they were supposed to believe it and then they would have seen it. And they erred, Rav Natan tells us the reason why they erred is because they, be- they lived in a see it to believe it attitude. The same problem with Korach, this, this Parsha. What, I want to see the logic of the mitzvot. What's the logic? If I walk into a room with full of books, why do I need to put a mezuzah up? Logic. Who's telling you about logic? You understand? The whole concept, his argument, he was very smart. He was brilliant. But he was logical. He didn't understand the essence of, of, the, of the, the light in the, in, in, in the mitzvot, in, in what God, God commands you to do. Logic. You hear people tell you, what's wrong with eating pig today? The reason why we couldn't eat pig is because we didn't have the refrigeration system. Logic. So eat pig. Eat pig. Eat what you want. Do what you want. Just come up with a theory. Come up with anything you want in theory, just like what they're doing today in the media. You can identify as this. Tomorrow you can identify as this. You can do whatever you want. Do what you want. That's the world of logic. Logical, logic will take you to places that you will be lost because this is why we, we want to completely run away from any kind of philosophy. Because philosophy has a bunch of questions and no answers. And that question has another question and another question and no answers. Where faith, you have answers and no questions. So do you want to live with a bunch of questions or do you want to live with a bunch of answers? So that's, that's a very important message that we have. If we want to be able to draw loving kindness into our lives, we have to, it's, you're ask, you have to ask yourself, not do I have faith in this issue? This should be the, the, the emphasis. Do I have faith in this issue? If I don't have faith, then I have to get it back. Then I can, I can then, I, then when you have faith, then you'll expect the love and kindness because you feel connected. But when you feel disconnected, it, it is, is extremely difficult to expect love and kindness. Opposite, we, we, we only see things worse than it is. And we all fall from it, and we have to all have to get, get there we, by saying it, by learning about it, by praying, all of these things. It's extremely important that religion itself, religion without faith, is not going to get you anywhere. Remember that. You can have religion and no faith, believe it or not. You can have religion and no faith. It sounds completely... People... People worship religion. People worship a Shulchan Aruch. It doesn't mean they have any faith. It doesn't mean they have a relation to God. They don't have a relationship. They don't have happiness. They don't have joy. It's a relationship. Okay, do this tomorrow. Do that tomorrow. Do that tomorrow. It's a worshiping a book. Raya Kaplan says. So, like Rav Nachman says, first be happy, then be religious afterwards. The concept of please work on your faith, because if you don't have faith, then you'll see many times where religion alone is not enough. It's not enough because there's no essence, there's no light in the religion. And that's something that we've all, I think we've all had a bad taste of it. We've, got, we've gotten to religious places with no faith and we're like, what's missing here? How could this be a place of God if there's no faith? Where when you see light and you see energy and you see love and you see, lo- and you see and talk, people talking about hope, and, and, and that's faith, that's faith. And that's what Rabbi Nachman emphasized in. He emphasizes. He emphasized in, in, in constantly working on your faith. And he says there will be a time when there will be a time where the majority of the world will not have faith. There will be very few simple people that have genuine faith. Very few people. 
that's his words. Very few people. There will be great amount of atheism in the world, and there will be great confusion, and very, very few people will have faith. So he already predicted this. And that's what you see today. That's what you see today. A person having dot draws down loving kindness. And if you just think about this faith concept, we're, 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 we, we all want it. I mean, if you just think of Lahabdo Joe Dispenza, and you take this guy Barry Shore, and the, you know, all these cases of where you hear miraculously healing, how in the world were they able to be paraplegic and be healed? How in the world? How in the world did you able to do that? It's, it's again, being able to go into a situation greater than you feel. Being able to enhance a better situation currently than the current circumstances. Current circumstances is logic. Seeing something greater than what it is, is faith. That's why we, faith is not open eyes, it's closed eyes. Faith is, faith is closing your eyes to a bigger picture. Seeing everything for the best, but not being able to understand it. Nobody says you have to understand it. They'll say when you believe in it, the understanding comes. First, emunah, then yedida. Emunah has to always come before yedida. And this is exactly what the Gemara says. This is why the black, the black, I believe the black goats come before the white sheep. There's a Gemara that talks about the, and it says this is the order of the world. The darkness must precede the light. This is the way the world works. So any situation in your life, darkness means going to faith. Then then you will see it. And this explains why at night, you sh- you, how could you read, and we read it every day in the, in the Siddur. At night, I go home, I, I, I'm crying at night, and I wake up smiling and, and laughing. How is that possible? What did you do? How did you go, go, home, go to sleep crying, and, and, and you woke up with laughter? Heavenly kissed you, heaven kissed you in the middle of the night? It's called faith. The reward for faith is laughter and joy. So when a person has doubt, he gets drawn love and kindness. Reciting tikkun atzot is extremely, extremely beneficial and mitigate judgments. So why, why hatzot? The reason why is because when you are, when you give money, that is considered like a, an offering. But also when you give up your sleep, it's also considered like your offering. So sleep, giving up your sleep in the pre-morning hours, it's, it's something you're very comfortable for. But when you're giving up your sleep, giving up sleep is like, is like giving away charity. It's, it has the same spiritual rectification because you're just waking up earlier to, to, to energy. So that energy, that, that energy allows you to be more clear in the day. So this is why it sweetens judgments. It sweetens judgments because you could see the bigger picture. That's what judge the judge. You're opening up the lights. From the suffering that a person experiences, he can determine and understands what his sins are. God made it measure for measure. He makes the, makes the world measure for measure. And this is great kindness. Measure for measure, he makes a person get, have a problem in a situation where he needs to be fixed. Right? For example, if a guy has a problem with porn, he's going to have shalom bayit issues. His wife will run away from him. Measure for measure, because otherwise he would not understand where the problem's coming from. He has a problem with fear, he's going to have problems with money. 
Measure for measure, you have God treats you exactly the way you are, so you can able to so you're able to rectify. Because imagine you don't have the diagnosis of what's going on. So measure for measure, you know exactly what needs to be rectified. Right? Lack of concentration, lack of concentration in, in, in prayer. It's 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 both of those things. Like I made a few this week, I made a few mistakes. I have no idea how I made those two mis- two really really bad mistakes I made. Lack of concentration. I was not mindful. So okay, I have to go back. Where am I? Where am I not mindful in my life? Am I? Am I? Do I have my phone out when I'm praying? Am I studying with my phone out? Where's my lack of concentration? But I made two heavy duty mistakes that they were really hurt. They really, really. It was not me, but somehow I was not concentrated because I would have caught, caught it on a good day. So it goes to show you that God will teach you little measure for measure exactly where your issue is, etc. Like, for example, if you're not committed to spirituality, then people won't be committed to you. So you could see when a person is, nobody's committing to you, that means you're not committing in heaven. Measure for measure, he'll, t- he'll, he'll tell you exactly what, where your issue is. Reb Nachman speaks about the lesson, lesson 104. Whoever, it's extremely important that everything should be done when, you, when we pray. We should always, always pray for the sake of heaven also. Not just for your own problem. Correct? Always say, created the world, this is, we, are bo- we are in this together. This is our problem. This is not my problem and you're punishing me. No. We want to say, this is our problem. You gave me the slack so I can come closer to you through the slack. This is our problem. I don't have trust in you. This is our problem. Because if I don't have trust in you, I can't make money. I can't give charity out, etc. If I can't fix my life, I can't get married. My self-esteem, I can't get married, have children, and procreate and bring your consciousness to the world. So this is our problem that I have low self-esteem. This is not just my problem. This is our problem. When you pray like that, you're bringing godliness into the constriction. He will help you find the strategy because it's not just for you, it's for heaven also. Heaven wants you to be married and have kids. Heaven wants you to be trustworthy and have to be successful and give charity. It's a need in heaven too. It's not just you against him. This is the, 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 the mindset that we, when we're kids, we don't know the difference. But whoever tells you that, hey, this is our problem together. Creator of the world, a father, a kid wanting to be clean from drugs, this is not just his problem, it's the parent's problem too. So when you bring heaven as a partner in your problems, first by saying thank you for the opportunity to have this relationship, and then bringing him into the situation, bringing God into the stress, you'll usually come out not only better, but double. Because what you, what you, who you became from that situation is better. So think about something in your life that's happening in your life that you're not putting your creator as a partner in, in, in that issue. And that's usually the reason why you feel so isolated and lonely and, 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 and not listened to. You probably feel very, very alone, and you probably feel you know, completely um, abandoned in that issue. Because remember, when somebody's concealed in your life, what do you have to do? You have to scream out and, 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 and tell them to come. 
Concealment triggers a cry out from, 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 the, from, the, from the heart. Abandonment says, you gave up on me, I'm giving up on you. So we have to extremely important that we don't let our emotions let, make us believe that we're getting abandoned with this grasshopper mentality. We have to believe that, yes, we are being challenged, but this challenge is coming from heaven, and we are party, putting you as a partner in distress. So this is why anytime I have a really, really rough day, I will make sure to wake up at Hatzot and, and start all over. My mind was in somewhere else right away. Because we're waking up, really, we're waking up, to, we're building, our temple is our mindset. And when we walk around with the wrong mindset, it's because our temple is destroyed. We're not seeing it right. We have to rebuild our temple. So when you rebuild your temple, now you can look at the world and say, hello, I'm here, let's do it. Versus, again, this horrible world I have to walk into, this horrible day I have to walk into, this horrible situation I have to go into. That is not, that's going in there with a broken temple. May Hashem help us all that we should all sweet all judgment. Amen. Amen.